Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Do we want to do some audio tests while there's people here? I'm doing them right now. Oh, great. Outtakes, yay. Yep. <laughs> Are we live now? Yeah. <laughs> this is chaos. It's so chaotic. You can literally hear what we're saying. <laughs> you are in the room. <laughs> you do not need the sound on your phones. This is so cool. Like the super immersive laggy experience. Like I don't. Guys, just so you know, Facebook will save this forever. <laughs> like this is you guys a forever thing. Yeah. Oh sure. Why not? Let's start in prayer. Oh yeah, for sure. In, in, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, just thank you for today and tonight. Um, thank you for another week in our lives that might come as a challenge, that might come as more joy, as more heartbreak, but comes with nothing less of you in those days, in those seconds, in every moment. Thank you for creating those days and creating ourselves. Allow us to enter into this week more joyful than we have before in thanksgiving and in within your love allow this podcast to be as ridiculous as i expect it to be <laughs> but allow us to open up the conversation around you in a deeper way all glory be to the father and to the son and to, to the holy, holy spirit, spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen ever since i was a small boy I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Gordon. This is Steve. And this is Clint. And we are live and the sense of there is a, a bunch of people in front of us <laughs> and also live on the interweb that actually picked that up oh wow that was that was really loud that was awesome um, yeah live on the interwebs uh this is episode number five zero yeah special episode <laughs> which 50. is crazy so we, we have almost been going for a year almost which means you I, know there's going to be some more special stuff coming in two weeks yep so, stay posted. Grant Coburn has lots of heart emojis. Grant Coburn! Hi, Grant! Hello. That means he made a Facebook just for this. Grant, We talked out. about this before. <laughs> That's awesome. He made a Facebook? Yeah. Grant, yeah. I appreciate you. A <laughs> lot. He didn't have a Facebook before this. No, so Grant is one of my teens. Oh, yeah. Oh this is That's awesome. incredible. You, cool. just ru- you just ruined his life. Shout out to Grant. All right. Sorry. Well, that got morbid. Um, Welcome to the live show. They've listened to us talk about social media. They know. Oh yeah, fantastic. (laughs) They've heard me rant about it. (laughs) So let's go ahead and start. Is there anything that y'all thought of this week? Because I know we kind of breached the topic to some of y'all as the week went on. Is there any games in your life? Should we announce the topic? Oh yes. So for those we announced to you guys, we didn't announce it to those that weren't here when we recorded this on Facebook Live or yeah. in this room and are listening to this on a Saturday or the next week, we're covering games today. Games. All types of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind games, my favorite type of games. Uh, board games. Video uh, games. Video games. Strategy games. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So if you have any comments and you're watching live as well, feel free to send those in and someone will yell them for us to see. Or Steve will get it because he has his phone. So. <clears throat> cool. I'm so, the one who complains about social media the most, and I'm the one using it on the show. So, sometimes hypocrisy. It can be used for good things too. It's all good. All right. So, with that, 
do you guys have any favorite games that you want us to talk about? Mass Effect. Mass Effect. All right, tell me about it, because I know very little. The uh, whole premise of the story is you follow Commander Shepard as he or she goes uh, on all these uh, missions for the basically the uh, Earth's space military. Okay. It's set in like the... Space Force. Yeah. It's set in the distant future. There are other alien races. Maybe not so distant. <laughs> Trump's taking care of that. Maybe not. I think it's like in... I don't, I don't remember That's when great. it is. I don't want to be misquoted. Uh, but there are all these other alien races, and humanity actually gains a seat on the council of these other races at this place called the Citadel. And as the story goes on, there are these enormous, like, destructive beings called the Reapers, and they're coming in to just destroy and wipe out mm -hmm. all life in the galaxy that's and what they consider to be advanced enough to kind of reset the playing field and they come like you eventually find out like every 50,000 years to kind of reset this okay so i actually am somewhat familiar with mass effect video Go game it. take it so one of the things that i really like about the mass effect like the video game franchise is that it is building toward this sort of greater purpose Okay. Right, so you have the first one, and your choices in like the very first game, which is like revolutionary for video games, your choices in the very first game heavily impact what happens in the third game. Yeah. And so actually, if you make the wrong choices in the first game, you can't beat the third game with uh, like a perfect game. Yeah. Like there will be civilizations that are wiped out because you made the wrong choice in That's the first awesome. game. That's awesome. I want to play this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of so cool. cool. Um, and so I think that there's something to be said um, about that level of choice and the importance of free will. And uh, that in the game, you're given a lot of free will. Uh, and if we're looking at sort of our faith journey as this sort of game, and it's building toward that perfect ending in that final series, right? That our choice, like we're given the choices throughout it. And we can make all the right choices. Um, to have that perfect ending, right? But we're also given the ability to not make the right choices mm -hmm. and to sort of forfeit that perfection at the end, right? And so in a lot of ways, like our um, free will is very much like that, right? That God gives us the ability to participate in his plan um, and freely choose it or freely not choose it. Yeah, well, that sounds really good. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Cool. I like it. I don't know that game very well. Me neither. <laughs> I, had a, I had a roommate in college who was addicted to video games. I've seen a lot of video games. My favorite, my favorite video game is Galaga. Galaga? Yeah. Puerto Rico. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah, so Kevin... I, I feel like I know who counted Yeah, so Kevin said that his favorite strategy board game is Puerto Rico. In that, I already, Cody... I already thought about this. Cody one. said that he owns oh. all of the Mass Effects, so if anyone wants to play them, you can hit him up, I guess. Um, Puerto Rico. I assume he's going to leave his address in the comments. No. <laughs> don't do that, Cody. Please, please don't. don't. What's the point system called on this? He totally will. Victory points. Okay. okay. It's also cool. where he lives, so please don't. <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know Puerto Rico, I only know because I live with Kevin, and so I played, but I've thought about this ahead of time. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, Puerto Rico is a game where you are building, settling? You're settling? Yeah. How, how do you say it? Yeah. You're settling in Puerto Rico and like growing crops and selling trade. Building your Right. And you're going for victory points, which there's 10 different ways or more, I'm sure, or less, to get victory points. And so there's not one set strategy. Um, and so what I kind of like was telling Kevin is that thinking about this, there's really, there's gonna be a lot of board games, a lot of different games that there's really not, like it's not, it's not built with a Christian theme, but there is an idea that there's not one set path. So Kevin has played and has taken one strategy and won and then done the same strategy again in another game and someone else has taken a different strategy and won the game. So there's not one way to win the game. There's not one set path to go on. Um, and this is kind of, you just talk about free will. Actually, wasn't listening to what you said, but <laughs> we. But I heard free will, and this is kind of like free will, where we have free yeah. will. Um, yeah, Lizzie, you're a very lucky lady. 
Uh, Lizzie, for those at home, Lizzie is Gordon's girlfriend. Clearly, Gordon's a great listener. Uh, yeah, yeah so <laughs> we, yeah, we have free will. Um, and if we don't go on our set path that God has like really created for us, it's not to any disbenefit to us. God is still going to bless that path and give us another option to either get back on there or just keep moving in life. And God's going to keep blessing where we go either way. Nick, you got something to add? No, I was just going to say, I feel like it's kind of like the game of life when you first, because I mm. feel like everybody's probably played the game of life mm -hmm, here. Sure. When you think about it's that free will, when you're, I don't know, I played life when I was young, but you're like, ooh, all these decisions and all these opportunities that you have, but there's never like a correct path for what you feel like you should take, like college or career, like where do you want to start with? But that's just how life always is. Yeah. Like Totally. Mm -hmm. You just have no choice. So I think life is also a good contribution to what you're saying. Yeah, and actually, um, the game that I had like mentally prepared for was the game of life because this is one of the games I got you. Um, this is one of those games that I loved growing up. Like I would like make my parents play that. That and Clue. <laughs> it's like made my mom and dad like sit down and play these I games feel like with me. We should me. talk about that one too. Yeah, um, but yeah, but but one of the things that I always thought was amazing about the game of life, um, not the actual game of life, but the board game of life was that like my strategy in that game i like won all the time as a ch like as a kid because at the end like i like like yeah i would make the money <laughs> yes uh they let me win no um no so i always would win because at the very end of it like if you have like a bunch of children and grandchildren like you just get a bunch of money like at the end game and those life tokens, which are not like the financial rewards that you're getting from your career, but like from your experiences, which are like monetized mm. for the purpose of the game. So at the end of the game, like I would always be in complete last place. And then I would roll in with like two SUVs full of like children and grandchildren, this huge family, and like a plethora of life tokens. And I would just like dominate every single time. Uh, and I think there's something too that I appreciate about that game that shows that money, like even though like money is like the end game, like who has the most at the end, you actually make more and you have a better chance of winning if you experience a life not for the financial gain, but for the experiences and the love that you share um, that are generally centered around some sort of family life. Yeah, it places like the emphasis on the family. I think yeah. we've talked about that in a few episodes too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, two SUVs full of vehicles, that's big Catholic family. <laughs> <laughs> through and through. I think that also plays into Puerto Rico in the sense of like, the end game is when the points are all collected, mm -hmm. but unless you paid attention and like slowed down and tried to actually like win the game and play the game now rather than focusing on the end just to get there and see if you're gonna win, that's when you actually like succeed the succeed better. The other one other aspect in Puerto Rico is uh, two different strategies within the game benefit each other. So if Kevin plays one strategy and I'm playing another, that's beneficial to each other rather than if we're both playing the same strategy, it's just beneficial. And I think text is kind of like gifts. Clint having one gift, anyone in the audience having one gift, but they're different from each other, benefits each other. We're supposed to like work together as this unit, mm -hmm. even though we're almost competing um, mm -hmm. in order to succeed together. That actually plays off of something that I was thinking about preparing for this. And the question I want to ask, is competition bad? Because if we compete, we want ourselves to succeed over others, potentially. So as Christians, what, what should we think about competition? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Otherwise, I, I got some things to right. start with. What do you all think? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I had the pleasure of seeing was a couple of, a married couple of mine that they're the most insanely competitive people that I know and every time I see them compete I see them becoming holier people because they're challenging each other to be better mm -hmm. and so yeah competition is good but if you just have one person who's like way better than the other then it's no fun and that's one of the things as a middle school youth minister I have to work with the, the boys especially they want to gang up on the weak kid but then I'm like that's not a comp real competition but when mm -hmm. it's people that are at your level you're gonna bring out even better in each other Right. Yeah. So, uh, in case that wasn't loud enough, so basically what she's saying is that real competition breeds uh, growth, right? So, because yeah. you have to compete, you are trying to better yourself. Yeah. Right. 
Cool. So we have a couple comments. First off, uh, welcome Olivia and Mackenzie um, for oh, joining us. Sweet. And then, so Kevin was saying that um, at first glance, competition um, almost seems the opposite of humility. Mm. Um, and then Cody was saying that he thinks that healthy rivalry is good, but too much is bad. Um, and then Danny was competition is not inherently bad, but it forces us to be a better version of ourselves, which um, goes off of Liz's comment of it encourages growth. Yeah. Um, first off, for those of you watching at home, um, when the audience speaks, can you hear them clearly? Um, should they speak up more? Just let us know. Or should we repeat what they're asking um, just so that we can kind of jump that up? But yes, Cecilia, this is actually just what I wanted to talk about. Uh, she said that there's a Bible verse about competing well and finishing the race. We talked about this in our sports ball episode. <laughs> He pulled it up for us. I like uh, to prepare a little so First Corinthians uh, chapter nine verse twenty-four. Um, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. And um, then right after this, it talks about uh, training and going into like practicing your faith because our our end goal of the competition is heaven. Right. Right. So right. You can expand off that. Yeah, and so in a lot of ways, I think that competition. Um, when taken as sort of the end in itself is where it becomes sort of problematic, right? So one nice thing that competition sort of does for each other, especially healthy, uh, friendly competition, like these friendly rivalries, um, is it really kind of mirrors the scripture passage of like as, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. That yeah. there is something to be said about that healthy rivalry of pushing each other to just be a little bit better. Um, especially in our faith life, like allows us to grow as individuals, to grow in our in our journey. Um, I think once it becomes sort of destructive and this mutually exclusive, like I have to be the best, and if I'm the best, you can't be the best. Um, instead of let's just strive for betterment together, uh, and you kind of see that built into a lot of sports programs where they're like, hey, you know, let's be um, good sports about this. You know, let's not be sore losers. Let's just have you know mm -hmm. like enjoy the game like try and strive to win but because there is something to be said about in our faith lives we're not striving to fail or to come in second place we're striving for heaven we're striving to win and so in a lot of ways they help train us for that um, but there is a healthier aspect than just saying well let's like destroy this other person uh and just like you know yeah so yeah, yeah. kevin actually just said that it's uh me and him play chess uh, both in person downstairs, like over days span of time, and we have an app where we play each other as well, so we can play while he's at work or if I'm at work or we're somewhere. Um, and he said it's very much like our chess games, where we both very much want to win, like a lot, and we get very frustrated and mad, um, and almost want to like quit the game when we're doing terrible. But we want to learn how to play chess better so much that like we enjoy playing each other because we're like teaching each other how to react to bad scenarios, knowing when we mess up, how do I, how can I get out of this and still hopefully win? And we're like teaching each other along the way of wanting to like be really good and win. Yeah, I, I think the negative side, and I was kind of praying on this to prepare for today. I think the negative side is when jealousy triumphs. So when we fail to rejoice in our opponent or whoever oh, yeah. it is that we're competing with, when we can rejoice in their victory and see that what they have is good, that's a great thing. And I think that actually is humility and helps us grow in that. But when we have this jealousy, that's where the, the struggle comes in, I think. Or even in chess, like, say I win, but at one point I was losing, we'll comment on each other's like individual moves. Like, that was a really good move you just made. I didn't see that, or I should have seen that coming. And just like recognizing not even like a full game well played, but also just recognizing like a good like middle game before the end. So, uh, so Danny actually just mentioned this, but there's a sign on the wall over here that says, be strong when you are weak, brave when you are scared, and humble when you are victorious. And I think that's exactly what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And the wall stole it, so cool. thanks wall. Shout out wall. Shout out to the wall. <laughs> it's the great wall. Fantastic. <laughs> Got to build more walls. Okay. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, games y'all got? 
<laughs> Mine was going to be chess. So I brought Yours is going to be chess? I mean, All cool. right. Does anyone else in the audience have uh, a game? Or online. I've got yes, online. I do have one, actually. Yeah, he does. And I'm speaking on behalf of my wife. <laughs> uh, she was really curious. She knows that Gordon just finished playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And yeah. I was wondering if you could speak, perhaps, about the series as a whole, because the games have sort of a general theme that they follow. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I wanna, since you just finished that one, I can. Up, I'll, like I'll, I'll speak. Well. I'll speak more into the game and see either what comes of it or what you guys might pick yeah, up. Let's go for it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It took me a long time to get into it, and I think it's because there's like three parts to the story. The first part, which was the most boring part for me, was like collecting all the stuff I needed. I needed a, like the sword, I needed the right clothing, I needed the right shield, but at the same time to get all these things, you're meeting all these characters that at the time uh, mean nothing to you. Like, they're just the person you know you need to go to uh, to get this thing. And then later, like, there's a time shift where you are, you grow up, you learn kind of like a secret or you've been like trapped in time because you're not the actual type of race that you were supposed to be, and so you can actually grow and you're not supposed to. And when you move to the future, the bad guy has like taken over the world, and um, you're pretty much put in charge to stop that from actually happening. And everyone that helped you get all this stuff that you ran into become like very valuable people that you need and you go back and like help them again, or you go and save them, and they become, like there's the Triforce, and uh, someone help me out, what are they called? The gems that you're getting from? I know, what are the people give them to you? Oh, the, um, the sages. Yeah, sages, yeah, there's sages, and each sage is actually one of the characters from the beginning that you, seemed like a random person, but actually became the sage that was going to now, is now going to empower you, help you, and protect you along the rest of your journey. Once you get all six or so sages, you can conquer Ganondorf. Um, I really enjoyed the game. Like once it all came together, it just took the whole game, which I can already see like a bunch of things I'm speaking into, yeah. which are painting this picture. The one thing, the one qualm I have about it is I don't understand how a blue thing can make you breathe underwater, or a red thing can keep you from burning up in a it's volcano. Magic, but <laughs> Nick can tell you. I digress. You so, can go and say it. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think the, the big thing that I pulled away from that, I don't know the game really at all, I'm sorry, uh, is the sages. Mm. And so what you're talking about, how they seemed meaningless right. throughout the storyline, but then you get to, to the end and, and they have this great role, right? Mm. And I think this actually keeps coming up in spiritual direction. Uh, we have the same spiritual director, so maybe uh, that's happened for you too. But where looking back in your life at people who maybe seemed like they weren't crucial parts of your, of your life at the time or maybe someone that you thought was neg negatively impacting your life, looking back and taking that to prayer, you see how Christ was working through them. Right. And I think that's kind of where I'm getting the, the sage feel. So towards the end of the game, you see that this seemingly empty or pointless character becomes crucial to where you are and crucial to uh, your your story, your adventure. Mm. Yeah. Another thing with, for me, like playing it, but also I think with any open world kind of RPG game is that there comes a point in the game where you feel like you're actually not doing anything at all and you're just going in circles. And we've talked about this in the, like, how big is your story, of this idea of just, you got to keep going. You got to keep playing, you got to keep moving. Um even if you've done the same thing you know you're supposed to be doing and you've died 42 times, that 43rd time you're going to do it. Or just take a break for a day and you'll come back and do it the first time and you get really mad that you even died yeah. 42 times the day before. Right. Um, I think also like, when you're talking about you know, you end up going to the future and then having to go back and save these people that have really big parts is this sense of greater purpose. Right, in that all of us have a particular vocation and all of us have a unique plan um, that God has set forth for us, right? And it's imperative, um, like we have the free will, we don't have to go away along with God's plan, but there's really, no, like we were created for a specific purpose um, and no one else can really fill that role. And if we don't fill that role, then that role remains unfilled. 
right? Mm-hmm. We have a unique purpose. So I think that you kind of see that a lot um, maybe in that game where you, where you recognize like, oh man, all these people have really important purposes and then we have to save them because they fulfill that role. That, and then as you were speaking, I thought of uh, even going to like realize we have this greater purpose, but also when we screw up and we, th- we think we know what our greater purpose is and we take, take, take reign of it, this whole time, Link thinks he's saving Zelda. That's the object. He's trying to prevent Ganondorf from coming out, like taking control, but also in the, when he was in the past, he saw Zelda got taken by Ganondorf. Or actually, no, he didn't. Anyways, doesn't matter. But in the future, he meets Sheik, who is helping him the entire time as an adult and giving him all the things he needs, telling him what to do next, and won't let, her, won't let him get near he or her. Um, until in the end you find out that Sheik is Zelda that was a trained assassin and not yeah. spoiler so, seriously it's been yeah. out since I don't know how long when we were kids 1998 <laughs> okay so Grant uh, so Grant actually asked a really a really good question um, tagging off of what I was talking about are some of us meant to are some of us meant to just be mediocre or are we all called to be great in the common sense of the word the latter yeah I mean, it's it's great to your own story, your your story between you and Christ, and that's like, yeah. what's so beautiful about it? Yeah, and I think that spiritual greatness um, doesn't look necessarily the same as like worldly greatness, right? Like some of the saints have great holiness. Like I think of like um, Saint Therese of Lisieux, right? Like she was an incredibly great person, an incredibly great woman, and an incredibly great saint. But I don't think in a worldly sense you would say she was great. She was a young, cloistered nun. Yeah, so I think going off of that, it really depends on how you define <laughs> greatness. I don't want to get like super like philosophical with it, but to, to be honest, um, greatness is going to look different for each and every one of us. Yeah. And it doesn't make it any less great if you're uh, founding a hospital or if you dedicate your life to prayer. Just whatever you are called to, you have to do that as best as you can, and that is greatness. Icebreakers, yeah. Oh, there was. Yeah, there was. Oh, we should. Maybe we're gonna cover that. (laughs) We're not gonna do that like another. And we can talk about it. But so, I'm sure we're going to at some point do an entire episode on this, just because we all play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, But I will briefly mention that uh, one thing that I love about Dungeons and Dragons, and most of the people here in the audience know, uh, is that it's a story, right? So it's a story that you get to participate in, and anyone who listens to this show knows that that's what I'm obsessed with, is the story and how we get to participate in the story of Christ. And so similarly, I think in Dungeons and Dragons, what a lot of people don't understand is that you are participating in this story that is greater than just the character that you're playing. Oh, yeah. And and you get to help shape that, and you are just as much a part of that. And the people who are playing with me right now are realizing how your actions have huge consequences for the entire game for everyone else playing. So... Do whatever you want. So I, I think that's the... The big con- uh, the big takeaway for Dungeons and Dragons. But like I said, we're gonna be doing, I'm sure, another episode in the future. So I don't want to. As long as I get my water. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we have a request on. Uh, Let me on guess. That comments. was Cody Super Labe. Smash. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers. Cody Labe. Um, sometimes. Hi, Cody. Um, sometimes you just want to punch somebody. Yeah. Um, no, not really. I think it goes back to gifts because there every character has a different like. A different ability, um, something that, like Steve might like one character because, and he's really good at this one thing. Where I like one other character because they're good at something else. There's like technical characters. There's characters that are good up close with other characters. There's te- te- characters that are better like at a distance from other characters. Um, Maybe this is just like where my mind's going because of that last question. But also in Super Smash Bros, we have all these different games coming together, mm-hmm. and so we see these stories colliding into one other game. So maybe this isn't the best example, but there's a lot of games where there's crossovers. Yeah. And so we see these these stories intersecting, right? And obviously... It's like, like they said, smash together. Like, and it's super... It's super... 
and there's brotherly Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if the Avengers fought each other, Cody, yeah. Or the, Cody, what's yeah. that game you play with the Marvel people who beat each other up to? Oh, uh, uh, a little bit of lag. So I don't remember. Injustice. Yeah, Injustice. Injustice. That one. Yeah. yeah. That's DC. But, oh yeah, that's that. Oh, oh. DC. My bad. What's <laughs> the difference? <laughs> There's a Marvel one too. What was Grant's question? Greatness. I can speak into yeah, that greatness, greatness thing again, going back a little bit, just because Clinton has said on the podcast a few times, I like watch weird movies. Oh yeah. And a lot of my like favorite weird movies are movies that are just so simple and bland. It's just a story of like a guy or a girl or both, and it's like you're watching a regular day film, and there's really nothing great about the movie, but the story is beautiful, and by the end, it's a great film. And I think that is what greatness can be. It's our own story being beautiful and great because it's created by something great and beautiful. And it's taking the simple thing and doing it beautifully. Right. Right. So it's not that you need to do great things. It's that you can do, what is it, small things with great love? Yeah. Isn't that? Someone said yeah, that. That's it. I'm not even. That's a probably Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. Yeah. That's what it sounds <laughs> like, but I'm not going to say that I know. Okay. No, it's Saint Saint Therese. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, positive. Yeah, it's Saint Therese. Fact check. Fact check. It's Saint Therese. I know it is. I'm just. I'm just. It's, I'm just pulling everyone's chain. It's Saint Therese. So there is another question. Um, okay. Are y'all familiar with Red Dead Redemption? Oh yeah, I love Red Dead Redemption. I haven't played the newest one. It's if, if it even came out yet. It's Mother Teresa. It's uh, pretty much a Western RPG. Uh, but I never finished it, so I don't know the story. Anybody else play Red Dead in this room? I think you could probably speak to its mechanics or okay. what story it you do know. It is a... I, from what I know, and I don't know a lot, The it's, like I said, a Western. The guy is basically... I wouldn't say a vigilante is not the right word, but he's working outside the law because I think his wife... And child so might have almost something. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of like a but, sheriffy bounty hunter, isn't he? Yeah. Something like that. He's yeah, so he's pretty much getting revenge, I think, on the people that killed his family, maybe. Um something along the lines. It's really awesome. Graphics are great. I love westerns. Uh it's kind of like a GTV of the Western because you can actually like go off course and like ruin a town if you want to and uh, it's made by the same people is it yeah it's rockstar it's really games. great it's really great i don't say um, that a lot about a lot of them well do we want to talk about we mentioned clue earlier um and you said well, that's something we should talk about sure let's do it so let's talk about my other favorite board game growing up uh clue i always Yay! played as professor plum because i'm a nerd I didn't say I had to be him. I said I chose. That works, because I had to be Miss Scarlet. <laughs> That's what I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be boy. Professor Plum. Or Colonial well, Colonel. I called him Colonel. Colonel Custard. Um, custard or mustard? So do you, do you know mustard, but I called yeah. him Custard. I'm talk about it a little bit. One thing that I really do like about the game of Clue uh, is there is this sort of mystery. And I think in our faith journeys, there's something that to be said about learning to love the journey and love the mystery. Um, and we're not really sure of what's at the end, which is probably a really, really deep way of looking at Clue. Yeah, but. that's the way I was going to go too. And I think we dive into that more, more on last year's Halloween episode. That was yeah. like episode two or yeah. something like that. The Was that the uh, Stranger, Stranger Things? things? Yeah. Which is a great podcast and everyone at home should go and listen to it. I still um, think Clue yeah. is a, like a great game for like, Big picture, little picture. Because if you actually think in retrospect of your character, your character is actually not able, like, I guess they're being detectives. They can, like, figure out these clues. But in retrospect of what happened, they're probably, like, all confined. They're not going to be able to, like, see everything that you're actually seeing when you, like, exchange cards with your friends. They're only seeing what they know. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, this idea of, like, we only know what we get to see, and then there's what God gets to see. Right. And God gets to see the whole over, overview of the board game. Um, and so that's like a great way to like look at 
like try to understand that because that's sometimes confusing. Your mind yeah. is working today. I appreciate that. <laughs> hashtag mind, mind games. games. There you go. True. <laughs> well, let's get that trending. Hashtag mind games. Hashtag Gordon. Okay. All sixteen people. So my this I'm, this is a I I know you don't want a challenge, but this is a challenge. Oh, we want a challenge already? No, no, no. This I know you don't want to be challenged. Oh, oh, okay. But my favorite game is called is Liar's Dice. Yeah. Oh yeah! So if you guys have ever like explain play, so have you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. It's the one with oh, okay. <laughs> She's never seen Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, but it's the one with uh, Davy Jones and before uh, not Jack Sparrow, the other guy. Will Turner. Will Turner becomes Davy Jones um, and like bets for his dad's life. Again. It's the <laughs> second one. Been around since like 1998. <laughs> But <laughs> fact check it. But basically, when <laughs> but it's when he's like betting for his dad's life because his dad is on the cruise ship and he plays this dice game. And the idea is it's kind of like BS with dice. Everyone has five dice, and you're betting for how many of what face value is on the board. So if there's, this is kind of confusing unless you play it. There's three of us, like us three are playing, then there's 15 dice on the board, five times three. So I'm not betting like what I have, I'm also betting what's up. So I'm, I'm gonna say there's like six fives on the board at least at this time, even though I only have five dice. If you're wrong, I'm gonna call you, you a liar lose a on dice. That one. Yeah. yeah, but the object is to lie and bluff, so where's? It, it's a game of statistics. Same, I guess, would be, oh, I guess, yeah. Right, so I think, I think you already answered this, to be honest, because it's just like in Clue, all you know in this game is what's under your cup. That's a good point. But you have no idea what's under yeah. everyone else's cup, so it's the small picture, big picture, exactly what you were just talking about, because I have to make my choices based off of only what I know right here. It's true. And then some people might choose to reveal some of what they know based off of what they bet, and I can make my choices adjust that to what they say, but I have to live my life, play my game, join my adventure, based off of whatever's under my cup. And no one knows what's under all of the cups, except for, oh. like you said. What's up, Desiree? That's my sister. Yeah. Hey! Shout what's out. Up? I'm sorry. Also, hello, yeah. Jerry. I got one. If we okay, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. so I just started playing a new game. So again, this is Cody. Got me playing a game called Skyrim. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yes. Yeah. With, with all my free time. Yeah, I've been playing at like 2 o'clock in the morning, which is why I'm so tired. Um, it's great. Uh, so if anyone knows what Skyrim is, it is an open world fantasy game where you can basically do anything and there's dragons, which is why I started playing, because I love dragons. As I've been playing, there's kind of like a bunch of different storylines, but part of the main storyline brings you to kind of these like almost priest-like people. Have you guys played? Uh, my brother played. I used to watch him play it for a long okay. time. Okay. So I'm pretty early. I haven't really played much. But there's like these priest-like people at the top of the mountain and like no one goes to them. They're called the, the Greybeards and they have these really cool robes <laughs> and everything. And so you go to them early on in the game and you're supposed to like learn how to be a, it's called Dragonborn. So it's like you get dragon spirit infused into your human body kind of thing. Uh, and so I took down some quotes because they were like talking. There's this dialogue, and I was just like, "Holy cow, that is needs to be on the show." So the first thing they said is, "Dragons have always been able to shout. Language is intrinsic to their very being." And that seems like a really simple thing. Dragons have always been able to shout. Language is intrinsic to their very being. But what stood out to me is in scripture, especially in John when we hear of language or the word, who, are we, who or what are we talking about? <coughs> Jesus, right? And so we have this, this word, this language, in our very being and making up our very essence. Um, when I was studying like some theology in school and stuff, language always came up. A lot of the times it's something that separates us to the point where language restricts what we can actually know about God because language is finite and God is not yeah. um, but it, on its another hand like it also helps us to understand him 
right? And uh, he, he is the word. Um, but then there's another part a little bit later on where they're talking about like the founder of their order. And they said, he was the first one to realize that the voice should only be used to give glory to the gods and not to men. The only true use of the voice is to give glory to the gods. And uh, I think that's kind of like straightforward. <laughs> but, uh, but what are your thoughts on like the only true use of the voice is to give glory to God? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's truth there. Um, and I'm, and I'm not saying this in terms of everything that we need to, everything that needs to be said is like constantly like praise God, and that's all we're saying. Right, reading scripture. Right. While you walk yeah, down and like school. quoting, yeah. but that you know our words have a certain power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can build people up, we can break people down, uh, which is a, a Christian uh, song from Caleb. But um, but there is something true to that sentiment, right? That our words can lead people closer to Christ, can make us more Christ-like to another, um, or they can be a negative effect, right? They can be make us seem less like Christ, or probably even worse, tarnish, especially like with us knowing that we work in some faculties with church Ministry. and ministries um, or nonprofits, um, that they become like, well, you know, kind of uh, going off of what um, Gandhi used to say is, you know, I'd be Christian if it were not for you Christians, <laughs> right? That like what we believe is true, like seems true and there's a, a beauty and a truth to it. But sometimes we as, you know, the actual physical sign of Christ's church on the earth and the body of Christ sometimes fail to live up to that. And a lot of times it's through our words. Yeah. Um, and so we can use our words to constantly give glory to God through that. That's a loose quote, but <laughs> the, the, the quote is real. You can check it out. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to like be translating from like Hindi and everything. Okay, so just chill. No, it's just all good. Um, it's also, a paraphrasal. Logan, thanks for tuning into the show. Yeah. Uh, and I have heard that Skyrim <laughs> is a lifestyle, so please... Please pray for me. Somebody Pokemon. asked about uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Oh, who asked about Pokemon Go? Kevin. 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 Nice. <laughs> awesome. Anyone want to touch on that? You Anyone look like go? you're all over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sharon as well. Oh, Sharon. Sharon yeah. Halski. Ah, oh, Sharon. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so Pokemon Go was the question. So I think the big thing with Pokemon Go, uh, there's a couple things. Number one is... You can't win the game by staying in one place. You can win the game. <laughs> you, gotta, yeah. you, you catch them all. That's literally uh, the point uh, of the uh, game. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Okay. Danny's almost there already. Don't yell at me, okay? Okay. So that's no, the, not anymore. The point of the game, right, is right. that you can't do it in one spot. Right? There's certain Pokemon that I can't catch because I'm in America. I have to go to Europe. I have to go to Asia. I have to go wherever. Right? And so we have this sense of we can't stay where we are and win the game. We have to we have to go forward. We have to go out. We have to go to different places. Um, and also we can't do it by ourselves. So one thing that they just added into the game is friendship. Right? And so I have to make friends if I want to do well. I have to interact with other people. One of the things I love about Pokemon Go is that when I go out to play, there's always a group of people who are there that I don't know, but I meet them through the game. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe they're not my best friends by any means, but I get to encounter people in a new way. And going back to what you were saying about everything we do, giving glory to God, if we are living our lives correctly while we're playing this game, hopefully, we can bring Christ to those people in those encounters. But it's also that you like need those other people because you can't do a legendary raid without them. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 I was yeah. gonna speak into. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify, and this is like a good guy touch on our life and with Christ too. Is that you actually don't need to have friends in the game to play. You don't need to move. Um, depending on where you live, you might be able to spawn, but it's gonna be a lot harder um, in order to advance in the game, in order to level up. In order to get better Pokemon, you're not. You'll, it could take years, if not ever or forever, 
But if you do have friends, if you do involve yourself in community and friend, like in competition and like a team and all these things and like moving around and going out and exploring, then you're going to uh, advance so much quicker. Yeah. If, you, if you play, send us your trainer code. We'll, we'll yeah, <laughs> it's true. Cool. I will be your friend. So <laughs> shameless, shameless plug. Yeah. So, um, so one that kind of came to my mind um, as we were just sort of talking. Separate game. Separate game. Completely okay. separate game. Um, okay. And it's actually a not well. I guess technically, in a way, it's a real game. But I'm not going to talk about like the real application of this game. I'm going to talk about the sort of fantasy aspect of this game. Is Quidditch from Harry Potter? Oh yeah. Oh, great. Right, because yeah. like there is a real room. Yeah, because like there is like a real like leagues that they have. But League City was the host of watch. the World Cup last year. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think is great. However, you're not flying on brooms and like it's not actually magic. You still have to have like the one hand. Though. Yeah, yeah. Have you even seen it? Anyways, okay. continue. Go Quidditch. I digress. Okay, or we I guess digress we collectively. All digress. <laughs> um, Welcome to Young Adult Group, guys. This is how it happens. Uh, <laughs> Every Monday, six p.m. Today. But I, I think that um, what, what's cool about what's cool about Quidditch is I mean besides the fact that you're flying through the air on brooms, what's cool about Quidditch is that like there yeah is there is like there are defined roles, like there's like very defined roles within that game, and you have sort of like those giant like bludgeoning balls that are like trying to just like magically flying around knocking you off um and if you just didn't have anyone to like help protect you in a lot of ways it's like kind of showing in our faith journey sin and those would just crack you and you would like fall hundreds of feet to not your demise because magic but like a really bad time you might lose all your bones though yeah um and then they'd magically repair them but you know it's just the way that works but so like that's going on and then there's this whole game of like trying to score um and there's all of these roles playing on and then there's like one particular person who's a seeker who's like going after the uh is a snitch snitch. yeah the snitch the golden snitch and in that way i almost think of it as like um yeah is like the is like sort of almost like the cloisters you know what i mean like cloistered um nuns or like monks were like their sole purpose is to seek after God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that their prayers are so important for the church as a whole. Uh, and that they are seeking after this, right? And realistically, like, when the snitch, like, the golden snitch is, like, caught, like, you net so many points, you essentially win the game. Like, the game is over. Sometimes. Not necessarily, but, but o- almost always. Yeah, right. It's and 150 so, points. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And so there's, like, a real chance that, like, this is something that, beyond everything else going on, um, and I think in our daily lives, there's a lot of good things that we do that do give glory to God and are important for our vocation, but ultimately there is something that is more important and great. Sorry, what? No, 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 you're good. Keep going. Don't lose thought. Go. Bye, go. Go. Run. Keep, okay. Eyes up here. Hurry. <laughs> I got distracted. But anyway, so I think that that's really important, right, that... That there is something that is, that is greater and almost um, more important. And what I think is great in it is it's like the smallest ball. Like it's a very small object mm-hmm. and it's flying around the stadium and it's golden. And during like in the day, like it would be kind of hard to, I think, see it flying around everywhere. Because it would be kind of, I mean, it would be reflective, but at the same time, I don't think it's not like it's like flashing. It also moves under. very fast. Yeah. So it would be hard in general. Right. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said about trying to seek that which is like not necessarily easy and in our faith lives um seeking after god is not always easy it's not always easy to see where god is leading us but that is ultimately like where the more important game is played so completely random but uh, i thought about this while you're talking i feel like i'm on the office because every time i say something i just look over at the camera (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's really interesting because i'm like not looking at the camera when i talk i'm like looking at the crowd behind it um, I'm not Dwight. If you don't know that reference, go watch The Office and then be, be cultured and then come back. Cool. Welcome to the Christ of Culture. Here it is. It's happening, guys. Is there any anything else y'all want? Anything else you got? Any other games or topics y'all can throw at us? Monopoly. Okay, I got Monopoly. Monopoly. All right. 
There's one person in control, and if you don't worship them, you lose. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I I guess I'll I'll take uh, a different approach to. <laughs> I, I thought that worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's just my my desire to not perpetuate idolatry, but um, over God. That's good. That's good. Over people in the game of Monopoly. Uh-huh. <laughs> over individuals and worshiping of people. But anyway, I digress. I actually was just talking about this with Nick and Danny, and Danny's the one who brought it up at Nick's request. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited. We were just talking about it yesterday. And I think what's interesting about Monopoly is the easiest way to win, like the way to go, is like you want to get the Monopoly first, right? Like you want to have the first Monopoly and start to build your... Uh, houses and then hotels and everything right and then that's how you win the game is you get that first monopoly and then you just start getting everyone's money well i think that there's something to be said like within our faith journeys of that singular sort of focus and in our lives like about like building upon like building upon our faith right that we have like our faith but we're constantly giving attention to it and we're slowly building it and growing it and then you grow and grow and grow and grow your faith until the point where it is um, a faith that moves mountains Right, and in the same way, in a very different sort of sense, that's kind of what Monopoly is doing, where you're, you're focusing on this one small aspect of the whole board, and you're building that up um, to until it's sort of an empire, right? But moving from the, the financial aspect into a spiritual aspect. But at the same time, uh, if someone lands on something, you can't just let it go by the wayside, because you. So you do want to spread your seeds. Mm-hmm wide mm-hmm. right if i can use the analogy yeah so but, but but like but sort of but spiritually speaking is you've built up in yourself and that's just like the nature of faith and the nature of evangelism and the nature of love is when we've built up especially because in our faith it's so much of this relationship and love with god mm-hmm. um that love naturally outpours from you bingo right and so you you're building it bingo. up to the point where you outpour and then you sort of start getting other parts of the board but it, it's kind of that illusion that's a real stretch, but we're gonna go with it. How, how about um, puzzles? Do you puzzles or settlers? Those are very, very different. But <laughs> can we do one at a time? No, yeah. same. Okay, we'll do them separately, one at a time. Right? Yes. Thank you. We're all a piece of a puzzle. Hashtag mind games. Hashtag mind games. So I was gonna say more along the lines of beauty. Okay. So, well, I mean, y'all can throw in your opinions here, but so when we have like this puzzle, right? When I have just a pile of pieces, it's it's not really beautiful. It's just a pile of pieces, right? But I think of puzzles a lot. Well, as adults, we have kind of more complex puzzles, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, when we put it together, when it's completed, we have this beautiful thing that we helped c- create that we participated in, right? And I think in the same way, beauty is a manifestation of God, Mm. right? Because God himself is uh, beauty and goodness and truth. And so all things that manifest beauty in some way show God. So that's kind of where I was going with that. With puzzles? Take it or leave it. it. Yeah, my my thing with puzzles um, is sort of just recognizing that we all have a... Like, in a lot of ways, we are individual (coughs) pieces of a puzzle that come together to show this greater tapestry that is the body of Christ, that is the church. And so I I would almost want to say that, like, whereas, you know, I may be one piece and Gordon may be another, and you can't take Gordon's piece and smash it into the part that I would be in or take mine and smash it into the other, like, we all have our place and part to play. So the reading um, like six days ago was 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And it says, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many are one body, so also Christ. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. We also had the yeah. one of the readings, I think it was on Sunday, that was the readings of like uh, spiritual gifts. Yeah. And with puzzles, like as people, we think uh, the more we can do or the more we can like grasp or connect to is better. But with puzzles, 
the pieces that connect to less are the most vital pieces, or the edge pieces. Oh, that's true. Actually, the corners, which only connect to two pieces, well, so all edge pieces only connect two pieces. But the edge pieces are the most vital, and you start with those. Um, they're the groundwork, the foundation, as you will, for the puzzle, and they don't do, they don't connect to as many other pieces as the rest. Hmm. Uh, oh, go ahead. There is a comment. Yeah, my sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah, going back to Gordon's sister in Monopoly, um, which is a great comment. Also in Monopoly, if you try to build too quickly without the aid of income and sources, um, resources, you go bankrupt. And you can see that in a way Foundation. when uh, we take our lives into our own hands too quickly without God, a similar effect happens. Yeah. So um, this weekend, Amen. my organization had our annual gala, and we had guest speakers who were... Um, two Christian brothers named the Benham brothers who um, were just like really awesome guys. Uh, I got the, like I was kind of their handler for the weekend, so it was kind of a blessing. But at the brunch the next morning, they were talking to our out-of-town guests, and they were mentioning, and, and they brought it up, and I actually really liked this, that in a lot of ways, they, they, they were like, you know, have you ever had it where you're praying and God tells you yes? And your first instinct is to be like, all right, well, then I'm going to do this thing. And he, they were saying that there's an importance between a distinction between God being like, yeah, this is my will for you. And yeah, this is my will for you right now. Like we have to sometimes wait for God to say no, because the difference in time, like in between when God says yes and when God says go, he's building you to be that person that you need to be for that mission. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to make sure that we're taking the time to be built up for that. Uh, so we had Catan was yeah. a challenge too. So I think part of that ties back with what we were saying with Puerto Rico. Yeah. But uh, another side thing with that is in the settlers of Catan, there's four main resources. I was kind of just thinking about this. So the first, there's five. Which one am I missing? I got, so first one is sheep. Sheep. Wood. Wood. Oh, I forgot wood. Okay, Rick. there we go. That was pretty crucial. Rick. Okay, so first one is sheep, sheep. right? So we have... The Lamb of God. I mean, this is going to be a super cheesy one. Lamb of God. We have wheat, wheat. which makes bread, which is becomes God. Jesus, becomes the bread of life, right? We have uh, stone, stone, right? We have Peter the rock, right? We have the brick, which I'm going to say is the cornerstone, right? That's the stretch. And then uh, wood is the wood, wood of the cross. Yeah. I also... I'm gonna sit right here. Um, nope. Yeah. My tea's almost gone. That means we're about done. Jokingly, um, jokingly, when I was playing uh, Settlers of Catan with some friends of mine the one time, um, I built a development card, and sort of the way I said, and this is funny, the way you kind of like threw that all out, is I was like, uh, so I build my stone altar, and then I burn uh, my oblation to the Lord. And then took a death card because it's the stone and the wood and a sheep, um, which is very Old Testament and not really that funny of a joke. But I made it anyway, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, Thank you. <clears throat> thanks, Nick. <laughs> Earlier, someone pointed out Uno. Oh, my mm. gosh. I dare you. I dare you. It's okay. a challenge. So you don't want to, you don't want to hold on to too many things. you got to get rid of it. But unless you find other people that are getting rid of the same thing as you, you can't get rid of it alone. You, have to, you need help. Right. So, like, if he's trying to get rid of the same material thing that I am, then it's easier to get rid of them together. Yeah. Mm. Hashtag sins. Hashtag accountability. Yeah, find a kill and build a buddies. Accountability buddies. Words. Twister. Hard. we got Twister. I like how at the beginning of the game we said uh, we're, this is not a challenge. <laughs> this whole like last thirty minutes has just been people challenging us. I like this. Though. This is fun. Twister. Yeah. Any ideas? You guys want to help us out here? Twister. I was thinking Twister. Uh. <laughs> well, thank you for your thoughts. <laughs> you got one. one of the things about Twister is that if you are going to be able to succeed in the game, you need to have built up the virtues to be able to succeed in the game, right? So you need to have the stability, you need to have the flexibility and all those sorts of things, right? So when it comes to the trials and tests that the Lord gives up, if we haven't built up the virtues, we're not going to be able to succeed. Yeah, she also is studying a master's in theology, so we yeah. always have to... Mine is not, doesn't sound as nice, but uh, I was going to say, too, that you also have to decide early on, are you going to work together with the people you're playing with so that everyone can succeed, or are you going to intentionally try and make everyone collapse? Oh, uh, that also goes back to Uno, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, I think it's any game, almost. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm usually the guy that makes it really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want to point out, too, that one thing we haven't touched on a whole lot in this episode is sports um, and gamings in sports. The reason we haven't is we actually have done a podcast on that yeah. previously. With a super awesome guest. And I think a lot of yeah. it would tie in with Quidditch. With yeah. what you said about Quidditch. Yeah, yeah and so the there's... parts and all that. Well, and we did that. Well, we did the one with the Super Bowl. Oh too. yeah, we did one with uh, Brittany, and then we did one with the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, so we have we have multiple so. podcasts on sports. We don't want to keep sports you know ball. beating a dead horse and thinking it's going to come back. Um, uh, we have one last. We're going to go with <laughs> we're so go with dark. one more. Uh, my sister suggested categories, um, and there's nothing to be said about categories. Categories is is yeah. a godless game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is in my house. It is in my house. Explain to me what categories the okay, rules of categories. Okay, so categories is what tears my family apart every holiday. Okay, Clint, what is categories? <laughs> no, no, I'll explain. Okay. Basically, you roll a dice with a letter on it, um, and then you pick a number, which different list. The list would say like a type of flower, something in your kitchen, all this stuff, and then you have like one minute. Everyone's one minute to come up with something that starts with the letter of the dice you rolled. Oh, for right. everything on the list. Mm. If it's repeated, then yeah. it, you don't get a point for that one. If you get yeah, double right. words, right. like uh, Ronald Reagan for a person, that's two R's, that's two points. So the more creative, the more bizarre, since I play hashtag mind games, um, I come up with things that really don't exist. But it, since it's on a voting scale, if you can convince everyone in the room <laughs> that, is that it works. That is so something that you would do. Then it works. And my family does not like. Yeah, you have a public confession that will always be recorded, so you can bring it back if you ever play this. Oh yes. yeah, There's that he more. that he does make it up. What I what I will say with categories like actually uh, doing what our podcast says it will do, which is find the most ridiculous things and find Christ within them. I think because Sometimes Christ ridiculous, not always. Sort but, of division. but you know, Christ really is in everything. Yeah. Um, it's very Jesuit of me, but anyway, um, there is. Thing in that game where you're making sense of things that may not always make sense, right? And in a lot of ways, like especially if you're reading a lot of like very Old Testament scripture, God is a God that orders chaos, right? And so while you know you're playing this game and you're trying to make sense of, um, okay, well now I have this, but you're sort of having to come up with reason or yeah. Just well, you look as, have something to say that's more important. As someone that's played the game, another thing I think that game can draw out is like the phrase "I was blind, but now I see." Mm. Because since you're on a since you're on a time crunch, the very easy answers like escape your head. Like rose as a flower, mm. you're like, I don't know what flower starts with R. What's a flower that starts with R? And then someone's like, I put down rose, and you're like, How did I forget about rose? And I think that that happens when we're being mm. attacked, uh, when something bad is going on in our own lives. Sometimes um, we try to make things more complicated than they, they really are. Yeah. yeah, the answer is very simple, and right. it doesn't seem that way at the time. Right, and to repeat what she said, um, sometimes we make things more difficult than they are, which is why I was having trouble trying to come up <laughs> exactly. with a reason for this. <laughs> so, um, last game? Yeah, last game. Okay, last game. Code if names. you have other games, message us. We'll talk, we'd love to talk to you more about yeah. this. Yeah. But code names, which is right there. There it is. Uh, for those who don't know how to play this game, uh, essentially there are there's different variations of this, of this game, but we're going to have to go with the classic. Different words on the board. There's two people on one end uh, who see like a certain pattern on separate teams. So one pattern, uh, it's a five by five grid, I should say that. So one would have like six different squares on their color, and the other one would have six different squares of the other color, and they're trying to give a one word clue to get their team to guess all the right squares on the 5x5 five five grid. Yeah, so we played this the other day, and one thing that kept coming up is the person who has to give the clue has to keep a straight face for the entire time, no matter what his or her teammates are choosing, even if they're making the mistake. And for me, this is kind of like... Uh, God watching us sometimes because he knows what we're choosing he knows what's going to happen and because of our free will he allows us to make that choice um, and so I think that kind of plays into it there too I don't know if you all have anything else to add 
Uh, no, just the one wordness. I think when prayer, sometimes you know, mm, people yeah. you try to pull out like one word from God, and how like one thing can actually give us way more of an answer than, than we right. realize if we let it. Um, and that goes back to humans categories. How in the time and like in the waiting and the silence, we we want to rush it, and so the one word doesn't seem like the right clue. But mm-hmm. if you knew what you were going after, you're like that makes perfect sense. Right. So with that, we're gonna go ahead. Oh wait. Can I say something about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go. Um, I think also with the people trying to guess based on the hint, it's like we need to know God and like have spent time with God to oh. know based on oh. that like one yeah. word. Like, mm. okay, I, like, I'm going to be patient with this and think of like what God would be saying rather than like what my own bias is. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So basically what she was saying is... Um, based off this idea that the person giving the clue is God, in order to figure out what they're trying to tell you with that one word, you really have to know the person. And so in this analogy, you really need to know who God is to understand what he's trying to reveal to you. So I think that's an awesome point. So wow. thank you. Awesome. So with that, we are going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. I yep. think we've done shout outs basically throughout the show. So yeah. shout out first off to everyone who listened in. You guys yep. are awesome. And shout out to everyone here. So shout out to yourself. Uh, I have I have two quick shout outs oh, that are not for here. More shout outs. Okay. Um, I have a shout out. I kind of already shouted out for joining, um, but I'm going to shout out uh, Mackenzie. Um, she is hoping to be one of our guest speakers in the next coming weeks, um, talking about Harry I Potter. Don't know what that was. Uh, and then one of my coworkers, Veronica, um, who I was like mentioning what I did for my podcast, and she like fangirled over it and was like, "This is everything I ever want to talk about. Like, this is like something that's super on my heart." So she wants to come on and talk about Cinderella. So hopefully, in the next several weeks, I will get with both of them and we'll record some podcasts for y'all guests to come and there are a lot of other things to come too so next week uh we have a little bit more uh serious but very very necessary episode so make sure you tune in for that one and then in two weeks we begin our second year with the show which means new stuff there's going to be a lot of new stuff so we're not going to announce yet what those are but you will see in about two weeks so stay tuned there are going to be a lot of new changes so, yeah. do we have an overall challenge? Go play a game this week with some friends. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, just yeah. go play a game. Make it an adventure. Hashtag yeah. welcome to have the a, adventure. Have a game night this week with your friends. Friends, we're having a game night sometime this week. Yes! Uh, we'll figure it out. Cool. Great. So, with that, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in. And especially if you're watching live with us, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. We'll be praying for you. If there's something that we can specifically pray for you this week, please let us know and mm-hmm. we will take it to our personal adoration or prayer time. Whatever we yeah. Have, so. Otherwise, thanks for joining us on the adventure. We'll see you guys soon. Y'all are so Christian show, guys.